Hi, I'm Greg. And I'm Leanne. Welcome to Empowered Now. Where we save humanity one one relationship relationship at a time. time. We all struggle from time to time connecting with and understanding others and ourselves. So we hope to encourage you to live a more authentic and empowered life by sharing what we've learned as coaches and as individuals. Empowered Now is LGBTQ2IA alternative lifestyle, poly and kink friendly. Thanks for joining us and And enjoy enjoy the the show. Hello and welcome to episode eight of Empowered Now, our podcast where we talk about all things related to relationships. Today, we're going to talk about relationship structures. Um, And please correct me if I'm wrong, honey, but this is something that you came up with, right? This idea of uh, you you put together this wonderful sort of bubble diagram and all of that stuff. (laughs) You thought maybe this would be something that the people would want to hear about and talk about and and stuff. So, uh, So I'll just kind of turn it over to you and and you can take her away for now. (laughs) <laughs> okay no I pressure really, I, I know right I feel really <laughs> silly today for some reason I didn't come up with relationship structures they exist and I came up with a nice little graphic though which I will share in the links below and uh, hopefully we will put up on the screen as well in post-production thank you honey that's beautiful yes why did it come up though here is the thing uh, the reason why this is important to talk about is to recognize the variety, the the diversity in relationship structures, right? And I think a lot of people are aware of certain types of relationships, but they mix them up or they they consider them maybe to be, um, you know, not involving certain aspects of a relationship. So I just want to bring this to the table to discuss as a way of hopefully helping somebody find some clarity, right? Awesome. Well, I know when, when I saw the, the, the diagram that you put together, I found it super helpful. Like it totally made sense to me. It was like, Good. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to, to be able to put this on the table, talk about it. Cause I mean, you and I believe that language is very important in, in terms of, you know, identifying things and how they fit into our lives and what we align with. And, and I think having the, having the understanding, not necessarily the label, but at least the understanding of what we, had, what we can align with, I think is, can have a huge impact on, on how we see the world and see ourselves and our relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Also, there's fluctuations, right? I mean, people mm-hmm. change and uh, morph. And depending on the relationship that you're in, the, the structure might change mm-hmm. or it might change within a particular relationship over time. Exactly. And that's For all sure. good. Um, one of the things that I'd like to, to put out there, it's not on the chart, though. Um, what? You're but... going off the chart. <gasps> I know. I know what's happening. <laughs> so We didn't discuss this. I uh, Sorry. I'm, I'm rogue. <laughs> yeah, you're going rogue. <laughs> I'm going rogue. So one of the things that I wanted to, to sort of identify for myself is that I am ambiamorous which means I can uh, feel comfortable being in a loving relationship in its various different structures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So kind of like being ambidextrous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so let's talk about the big umbrellas. The big umbrellas are, um, and language is shifting around these terms as well. Mm -hmm. So let's acknowledge that, that there Mm -hmm. will be some people that will like, you know, 
say, I haven't heard that terminology before. Where did that come from? Well, there's some advances being made, right? So we like that about language, that it morphs and mm -hmm. is fluid and can, can grow with us. So the two big umbrellas are monogamy or monoamory. They're not the same thing, but for the purpose of the chart and the reduction of the number of bubbles, I put them together. <laughs> and then on the other side, we have non-monogamy or non-monoamory. So those are the two big umbrellas. And then there's sort of, you know, the, the subsets that, mm -hmm. that sit underneath them. And within, uh, let's go over the monogamy, monoamory difference first. So monogamy is specific to being married, being committed. Or committed, right. Mm -hmm. Married or committed, right? Okay. Well, I mean, the, the literal definition of monogamy is about marriage initially, because the, the root word um, has to do with marriage. And so when we're talking about where either uh, monogamous or we're not monogamous, or we're monogamous, or maybe we're polygamous, polygamy has the same suffix. And that is because it's about marriage. Polygamy is multiple marriages. Mm -hmm. Not to be confused with polyamory. So we'll get into that in a minute. But right. So that's why monoamory is coming into vogue as a new term to address the difference there. Monogamy is about commitment and uh, or marriage. And monoamory is about uh, loving one person at a time. Mm -hmm. So that love could be intimate, romantic, loving, it could be sexual, but monoamory doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. Same with monogamy. You can have a, a, a marriage that is not sexual and still be monogamous to that marriage, in that mm -hmm. marriage. Um, and so the there's a lot of assumptions made when we use these terms, right? So Right, right. Uh, I think it's important when we're using them to say, this is what I'm talking about, right? What do you mean? Well, okay. Say I, um, I want to be clear about my intentions I, with, a, with a new partner. And I say to them, you know, I would like to be monogamous. In receiving that, they might think that means marriage. Or they might think that only means sexually committed mm -hmm. right intimately committed right not just because yeah. there's different ways to be intimately committed to somebody that don't involve intimately committed sexually. yeah 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 okay. and so uh there's i mean there's a second you know part to that right like let's talk about what that entails then let's ask what is monogamy to you for you what does it mean yeah. to you right yeah okay we're sticklers for definitions, you and I, but yeah, we are. they're only as useful as the context, right? And the understanding. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. As soon as you use a word and somebody doesn't understand what you're talking about or what you meant by it, it doesn't it's... matter anymore. <laughs> well, it does. I mean, it can because then it's an opportunity to educate if that person's interested in, in seeing if that term or that word is going to align with them or not, right? Or to be educated. 
right? I mean, like, and we'll get into this in a minute, but like, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, we've, we've talked about polyamory versus non-monogamy and stuff. And I know my language has shifted around that. Um, yeah. Because I find myself more in alignment with one, one way of presenting it versus another. Right. right. And so, you know, I think that's really important. And I think the distinguishing, I think to be able to distinguish that um, is an important distinction. Okay. a lot of a lot of dissing going on there but you know what i mean like yes. it's important to, to, to for me anyway it's important to have that distinction so there's marriage and common law um it's pretty self-explanatory uh, i mean both people commit to a formally recognized personal exclusive partnership as you've got it labeled here this may or may not include loving romantic connections and that's interesting too because you can have marriages or you know common law marriages common law partnerships that don't involve being in love mm -hmm. right i mean you can have that and if that works for you then that's great right um, and there's lots of reasons why people might opt for that right to right. raise a family together to share finances resources housing right exactly exactly um and so then the other bubble that you have here is relationship orientation an individual who identifies as monogamous or monoamorous whether partnered or not and that's really important, I think, is because it doesn't matter what your current life situation is, or what your current mm -hmm. relationship dynamic is. If you identify as, as monogamous or monoamorous, then that's how you identify. That's who you yeah. are. That's what, you're, you're, that's what aligns with you. You're more comfortable yeah. having one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, intimate relationships, loving sexual relationships, one at a time. You could be a serial monogamous. I was going to say you could be a serial monogamist <laughs> or a serial dater. And you're going from, you know, you're, 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 you're engaging and connecting with one person at a time until that relationship runs, it runs its course. And then you, then you, you, you start investigating what would be next for you. Um, mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's really important to understand. And again, just to reiterate, these things are shifting and changing constantly. Right. Yep. Um, yep. So what you are today might not be what you are tomorrow. And that's right. kind of the beauty of the human existence, I think, personally. So, so yeah. So those are the yeah. so those are the 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 types of monogamy slash monoamory. And I actually like the term monoamory, even though it's a bit of a mouthful to say. It um, helps if you say monoamory. Monoamory. Well, that's a that's a you know tomato <laughs> tomato thing, right? You know, that's is my it? American that's my American accent coming into play. I think is it though? It I'm it pretty is. sure. Okay. If you think of the, you know, word amore, which is means love, which is the Latin root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, is the, yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, we're we're going to do this now, are we? Right here. <laughs> Duke it out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Remember, one, two. Right? <laughs> anyway, for the, for the people listening that can't see, I just punched the screen twice. Anyway. Yeah, um, we were we were boxing this morning. That's Yeah, we were doing some boxing that this morning. Came from. Um, all right. So under the non-monogamy or non-monoamory umbrella, mm -hmm. we have varying types of relationships. There's quite an extensive array of how that can look and how that can be designed for people. So um, we're not going to get into a lot of detail on sort of the uh, number of people involved, et cetera, et cetera. It's just going to be, you know, we know that this is the practice of um, engaging with more than one person at a time in an intimate, sexual, loving, or romantic way, right? And so mm -hmm. when you're talking about non-monoamory, we're generally talking about more than one partner that you're 
engaging with on an intimate, loving level. What right. that love looks like to you is up to you, right? And I think it's also important to note that it doesn't necessarily have to involve the traditional romantic concept of love. It right. could be it could be an intimate friendship. It could be anything. I mean, the 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 sort of the sky is the limit in terms of how you want to define that and frame that for yourself. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so it could be anything, right? It doesn't have to just be about love, and it doesn't have to just be about sex. It can be about any anything really that you that you, that that you can think of, or that any ways that you might connect, right? And the other thing too, it's important is is that even people that identify as asexual can still experience and, and, and line up and align with, with one or more of these relationship orientations, mm -hmm. right? Because it's not just about the sex piece. It's about the intimacy. Asexual people can and do experience intimacy as far as mm -hmm. I understand it anyway. So yeah. it's, you know, so it's not just about that piece. It's a much broader scope spectrum as it were. Mm -hmm. Yes. Good point. Um, and so when we're talking about, uh, the relationship orientation again it could be somebody that identifies with being non-monogamous or non-monoamorous whether they're partnered or not they're just you know that's how they see themselves in the world um, they don't want to be limited to uh, having one connection at a time mm -hmm. and you know when i say that it sounds a little bit biased um, but there have been times when i've felt really like I don't want to be limited. And there's been times when I felt completely 100% on board with being limited. <laughs> but it wasn't limited, right? right? It wasn't limiting to you. It, no, I, I think it's an intention though, right? It's intentional. You're right. committing to that limitation. You're agreeing to it, right? If you're stepping into monogamy, you're agreeing to that limitation. And so that's a choice. I wonder if some people out there who identify as monogamous would argue that though. I wonder if they would argue about that word limitation. I mean, the truth is, is that the, the agreement is that you will <laughs> agree to limit your interactions if you're in a monogamous or monoamorous relationship, right? Right, To the exactly. one person at a time. Yep, yep. And so that's the agreement. Um, is it limiting? I think that's the perception and it's about your needs wants desires at the time values. right values if i need want and desire that <laughs> it doesn't feel limiting to be limited to one person right gotcha. okay cool yeah yeah that's, there, there's a negative connotation around that word limiting yeah that's what comes up for me when i hear it so. yeah thank you for for bringing think, that up i think that's my bias speaking so for sure Oh, you have a bias. I'm just kidding. Of course of you do. <laughs> okay, so uh, under this umbrella, you can have, um, I'll, I'll go to polyamory next, okay. which is the practice of being intimate, loving, romantic with more than one person and may or may not include commitment to more than one person, one or more partners at a time. Mm -hmm. So you could have um, what's called polyfidelity. <clears throat> which means that you and your partner or partners, depending on who you've committed to, are in a committed relationship. Does that make sense? It does to me, yeah. <laughs> does that make sense to you all? 
<laughs> so it I think, sounds I think like one of the tricks here is, is that we're trying to 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 present this information because there's a lot, especially on the poly side of things, um, that there's a lot that we could unpack. There's a lot that we could open up here. There's a lot of different variations and dynamics, as you alluded we'll to earlier. Do another and podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost another podcast in and of itself, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Um, but what we're trying to do is sort of give an umbrella version here of just like, you know, this is the overarching term, uh, but how you choose to identify that and what you choose to, yeah. to, to do with that or how that looks and aligns with your particular lifestyle and your choices, I think is completely up to the individual. And frankly, in my experience, it's been just as, as I mean, as, as many individuals as there are, there are different ways of doing it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so just understand, sure. I guess what I want to say is just understand that when we say polyamory and we use these quote unquote definitions for things, it's partly based on our experience, partly based on the root of the word and the actual definition of the word. Um, and it's in no way trying to imply that it's, it's um, uh, done right or wrong or any of that stuff. It's not a judgment on anything. It's just simply, no. you know, this is the definition of the word and this is how the, the principle, the overarching umbrella principle is applied. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to, uh, anyone to come away from this experience with our podcast thinking that we're judging what they've chosen as a relationship oh, structure not. No, or as an no. orientation. No, we're just talking about what, what we know about it. And, right. uh, and you know, our, our knowledge may be limited as well. So feel free to chime in and educate us on things that we've missed, or Absolutely. you would like us to Please. include in our, you know, subsequent coverage of further relationship dynamics. That would be great. Um, so then, uh, polyamory is, uh, sort of the, uh, intimate loving, uh, relationships that happen. And then there's the, uh, sort of, I don't know if it's a, if it's a different bubble entirely, or it is a different bubble entirely, but it's a different, uh, subset almost of ethical non-monogamy, which is a term that I think needs to be addressed uh, because I prefer using consensual non-monogamy now. Yeah, and we learned that term through Jessica Fern's work with her book, Polysecure. Mm -hmm. And it resonated with us, right? Because yeah. that ethics piece is a little bit questionable. If you want to talk about that, that would be helpful. Well, yeah, I mean, the word ambiguous comes up when I think about the word ethical piece, ethical non-monogamy, because mm -hmm. the word ethical, you can have, you can have ethical monogamy and eth ethical non-monogamy. You can have non-ethical non-monogamy and non-ethical monogamy. That's mm -hmm. a mouthful, <laughs> right? So, so ultimately, <laughs> what it comes down, ultimately what it comes down to is, I mean, let's just kind of talk about the word ethics. It's defined as the moral principles that govern behavior or the conducting of an activity. Uh, I'm reading here, so that's why I'm looking down. I apologize to those watching. These are personal based on values and vary from person to person. So they're a bit ambiguous, right? Ethics mm -hmm. are ambiguous. It's, 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 it's based upon your personal experiences, your biases, um, you know, uh, in, in, and it can fluctuate. It's different for me than it is for you. It's different for me than it is for the next person, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's also based on our values too. Right. And that's that's really sure. important to understand as well. So, 
we talk about values and consent. And the reason that you and I prefer consensual non-monogamy is consent mm -hmm. is a little bit more of a foundational word. It's a little bit more of a, this is something that I can stand on because there's, there's consent requires, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of what I call enthusiastic consent. And mm -hmm. I call, I say, you're either a hell yes or a fuck no. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's not really a whole lot of in between there. Um, and that, so consent is a very sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a, it's, it's something that you can grab onto, you hold it's on. Clearer. To. It's, it's clearer. It's clearer. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of clarity around consent and there's, and it removes the amb ambiguity that might be involved in ethics. Right. Cause what I think is ethical, like I said before, and what somebody else thinks is ethical, it might not, might not line up, but consent is consent. You're either, you know, you're either yeah. in or you're not, right? And so, yeah, and an example. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. So, um, and like like I said before, I mean, any of these structures may be considered ethical or non-ethical based upon the values of the individual, right? Mm -hmm. Commonly accepted as ethical only when informed consent has been given. So that's why you and I prefer the term consensual non-monogamy, right? Exactly. And if I can speak to something else too. One of the other things that comes up for me just now is, is that it's also an umbrella term for me because consensual non-monogamy would be the umbrella term. And then under that is this huge spectrum of different types of relationship structures, right? And again, that's a whole different podcast. Polyamory is one of a type of relationship structure that you can have under consensual non-monogamy. Right? right. And then there are many, many different types, depending upon, again, language experience, um, intention, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I'm going to float an unpopular opinion here, which is that polyamory can be non-ethical. It can be practiced in a non-ethical or even non-consensual way. Polyamory is just, you love more than one person. <laughs> so that can happen without their consent without your partners knowing, right? Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of work in the community of polyamory to differentiate polyamory as ethical or consensual, which is excellent. That work is, is critical. It's critical in terms of education about people learning how to navigate it well. It is also really important though, that no one, ever make the assumption that someone who identifies as polyamorous equally identifies with being ethical or getting informed consent from all their partners. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. And I think so. it's important. Something that's coming up for me as I'm hearing you talk about this too, is I think it's important. And you and I have experienced this in our work is that we get, we, we see a lot of people that come that, that, that present as monogamous or monoamorous but then they're presented with different life experiences that, that make them start to question that, that, that mm -hmm. monoamory mindset, right? That, that, that definition or alignment with that. And so then the question is, is are they then polyamorous or are they not consensually non-monogamous? Well, no, I mean, not consensually non-monogamous, but they might be poly, do you know what I mean? Like the consent piece has to be there. That's the, that's the crux of everything is, you know, you can fall in love with more than one person and still identify as monoamorous. 
but then are you monoamorous now? No, right. you can't. <laughs> right. Well, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. I would that. say, I would say you can, you can have made a commitment to someone, made the agreement, and you can break that agreement mm -hmm. and actually be functionally polyamorous. Right. But not ethically polyamorous. Right. Right. Okay. Not consensually non-monogamous. <laughs> but what I'm saying though, is, is that you can be monogamous. So you can be married in a monogamous marriage and fall mm. in love with somebody else. Sure. And not do anything about it. Yeah. So then what are you? You're functionally polyamorous. Right. Or yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because more than one love, right? So, yeah. And so then when we step into the areas of consensual non-monogamy or ethical non-monogamy, right? Using that framework of, you know, being in a monogamous marriage and then falling in love with somebody. I mean, there are people out there, and frankly, I used to be one of them that could wrap my ethics around the idea of having an affair with somebody, mm -hmm. wrap my values around that idea and becoming poly. And that, <laughs> exactly. I mean, we've both been, I don't want to speak for you, but we've both been there and we yep. can wrap our ethics. And I use that phrase, wrap our ethics around it, because really it's a conscious intentional choice mm -hmm. to be non-consensually non-monogamous or polyamorous or however you want to define yourself, mm -hmm. but you're not getting the consent of all parties involved at that point. Right. You're still, poly mm -hmm. because you have these emotions from more than one person at the same time exactly exactly um and so uh let's let's swing out into some other subsets yeah. oh oh did you see what i did there i saw <laughs> so under that <laughs> under the uh consensually non-monogamous umbrella um is the swinging community the open community the friends with benefits I hate uh, that term. community i know you prefer intimate friendships which i really like so let's start using that term and see if it catches on <laughs> yeah people. Maybe I okay explain, maybe maybe i should explain why i prefer it yeah absolutely please can i do that now or do you want me to wait uh let me just talk about swinging and being open and the differences okay. if that's okay yeah absolutely. so I, I'll admit that my swinging uh, information is limited to the friends that I have that are in the swinging community or have been. Um, so feel free to help me out. But my understanding of swinging is that uh, it is an intentional uh, exchange of partners or interaction with others for the purpose of sexual activity. It can involve loving feelings or uh, caring feelings or great long-standing long-term connections I, uh, but yeah I just learned actually I want to I want to I just learned this term called progressive swinging have you heard this yet no tell so me pro pro progressive swingers are those people that that want that sort of emotional some other kind of a connection aside from just a sexual one with oh, their partners. Great. so I, and again I just learned it so Please, if anybody, if I got it wrong, please let us know. <laughs> but I think, I, I believe, at least my understanding of it from, from the person I learned the term from is, is that there needs to be some other like emotional attachment or some level of, of not necessarily emotional, but like, you know, friendship, friendship, something there that's more yeah. than just meeting at a, you know, meeting at a club and having sex. Right, right. Or at a party and having sex, right? So, right, right. So it's called um, progressive swinging. Yeah. And I think, <clears throat> Since, you know, swinging kind of, I mean, it's 
none of these relationship structures are news. They've been around a long time. Swinging was really kind of in the public eye, I think around the 70s for the first time, um, where people were openly swinging, um, having parties for that purpose. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it really kind of highlighted that community at that time. So historically, right. Um, but I mean, it's been around forever. <laughs> the idea of swinging being more on the physical end of the spectrum is sort of what differentiates it from those who practice polyamory, right. And I think the polyamory community, it by and large, not everybody, but I think by and large, the, the information that I've gathered so far from them is that most of them feel they don't want to be confused with swinging or being open or friends with benefits. They want the distinction of being polyamorous to separate them from that community. And why? Uh, Primarily, I think because their view of relationships is focused more on the loving, bonding, and long-term attachment, or at least the possibility of that. And for some people in the swinging community, it's very much physical, and it's not really about that, except for the progressive swinger. So now I know that terminology. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So uh, for those who are open, that's kind of the first terminology that I came across when I had my first open marriage. That's what we called it back mm -hmm. in the early 90s. And um, we didn't have any of these other terms to, to look at or look for other than swinging. Um, and so to be open denotes we're, we're kind of, you know, able to physically play, intimately play. Um, there's no real other labels being attached to any particular connection, although they might develop into a polyamorous connection. It's not the intention. The intention is just to have other experiences, right? With more mm -hmm. than one person at a time. Have other intimate or sexual experiences. Right. And that often applies to couples, that mm -hmm. term. Right. So we are open, right? It, when you say often, is there a situation where it wouldn't apply to couples? Like if you were single, would you call yourself open in an open relationship? No, I think I would call myself CNM, consensually right. non-monogamous. So then I wonder, and again, please, uh, folks listening, watching, please feedback on this. But I wonder if open relationships is just about couples. It's the way to define yeah. a relationship structure for a couple. Um, and it's less about an identity as an individual and more about the structure of the relationship. Yeah, I think the, I think more commonly the people who are opening up their relationship, right, mm -hmm. are exploring um, and maybe don't know what they are yet. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they haven't found their niche yet. Maybe they don't know whether they want to swing or have intimate friendships or whether they want to have full on long term you know, polyamorous relationships or even polyfidelity in their relationships. Right. So, or, I mean, I, I'm seeing recently that there's somebody that you and I just made friends with on social media 
and she refers to herself as being in an open relationship. I forget, I forget her name. I apologize, but she's all about being in an open relationship and that's how she presents it. So mm -hmm. while for some people, it might be a way to step into different relationship structures under the CNM umbrella for other people, it is when it, when they're in their relationship, it is the way they identify because maybe it just allows them to gives them that, that, that ability that to, to not limit themselves going back to that word, right? Flexibility. Being able to, being able to fit in wherever, mm. you know, in what, in whatever way the relationship shows up for them. Sure. And how they feel right so i don't again i don't know I, I i'm that's a guess on my part um but i know that there was a point like you in my life where i identified as open in an open relationship um and i came from i came through it i, I came to poly cnm through the kink community so you know and there's a lot of that in the kink community there was a lot of that in the kink, kink community the swinging the openness um mm -hmm. you know the, the uh, that kind of stuff so you know yeah yeah. Sorry, I'm hearing Max snore. He's our dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear him. <laughs> I can't hear him. So. Okay, good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and so you know, we in this in this graphic that I created, I put I I kind of put the E and M C and M open swinging and friends with benefits, which we like to refer to as intimate friendships um, in one, in one bubble. And the, it, it's not really fair to just kind of lump them all together like that because there's quite a few distinctions in there. Mm -hmm. But I, again, it was a, a matter of uh, space. space on the page. And also they do have commonalities, right? Mm -hmm. So let's address why you like to use the words intimate friendship rather than friends with benefits. Sure. Thanks. So, um, like everybody, I mean, I've, I had been using the term friends with benefits, uh, since I first heard it. Um, but then one day, I don't know, it occurred to me, I'm like every friendship has benefits. Why would you be in the friendship? So the implication that, that a friends with benefits, right? Cause you know, we all do the friends with benefits thing with our fingers and quotes or whatever, or at least I do anyway, the implication <laughs> there is that these benefits, these sexual benefits, the, the that are implied, are somehow more important or have more impact on the relationship than a non-sexual or non-intimate friendship would have. Mm. And well, and remember intimacy can be non-sexual. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, so when somebody says that, yes, I'm looking for a friend with benefits, I'm like, okay, great. Well, let's be friends. Cause I have a ton of benefits I can bring to the table for you. <laughs> right. How, do, how does that float? How does that go? Yeah, over? that doesn't flow. But anyway, <laughs> the point is maybe hopefully someday it'll happen. But the point is, is that it's like, it's like the, the, there's this emphasis placed on the idea that the sexual benefit is, is the most important benefit of being a friend in that dynamic, in that mm -hmm. dynamic. So when I came, when I thought about the term intimate friendships, I thought, well, that's, that's a lot more, there's a lot more breathing room in there. There's a lot more room to work with, right? Because you still have that friendship, right? You still do the things that friends do. You hang out, you go to parties, you, you go to concerts or whatever it is that your friends do, you, you know, read books mm. together or whatever. But then you have an intimacy element to the relationship that wouldn't be there otherwise. Right. And so it doesn't place an emphasis on anything. It combines the two, in my opinion, intimacy and friendship, mm -hmm. right? 
as opposed to friends with benefits, you know? Like, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you know, I mean, know what I mean, know what I mean, know what I mean, right? Exactly. So yeah. um, <laughs> now I'm thinking about Monty Python. So anyway, <laughs> sorry. So, so yeah, so that's why I use the term intimate friendships. And I admit yeah. it's, it's challenging. I mean, I have to explain it every time I use it because it's not part of the popular vernacular yet, yet. But I'm hopeful that it will be because to me, it feels more expansive. To me, it feels more inclusive of all of the different ways that intimacy can show up in a relationship, in a friendship mm -hmm. specifically. And by it being a friendship, that means to me that there is no concern or interest to have a long-term committed, loving, you know, kitchen table poly, which we'll get into, I'm sure, you know, uh, uh, style relationship. It means it's a friendship. It means that you guys hang out a couple times a month or whatever, like you mm -hmm. would with your friends but you're intimate together. You're having sex together sometimes if that feels right. And you don't have that limit that society puts on other friends, that, that society would put on friendships. Right, right. And it's also important to distinguish that this isn't, I mean, obviously with, well, not obviously, but I identify as pansexual. So that it doesn't matter what the sex or the gender of the person that I'm in this friendship with is. That has no mm -hmm. bearing on it at all, right? Mm -hmm. It's just about that intimacy level where we're at with that, right? Right, right. Great. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for letting, letting me. I appreciate you. <laughs> letting you? Yeah. <laughs> Do we have a rule around that? <laughs> I don't know. We don't have rules. No rules. <laughs> no rules. Yeah. Um, so, so, so thank you for the space to share that. There we go. That's the way I'll put that. Beautiful. Love it. So I think putting this out on the table to look at the purpose of doing that is to help people navigate, try on different ideas, um, maybe even <clears throat> design their relationship the way they feel most comfortable, negotiate with partners or part their partner um, about what they're looking for, what they actually want. Um, one of the things that we haven't really talked about is how you know, common infidelity and, and, uh, you know, what's known commonly as cheating is in, in the mono world. And so one of the things I think that, that we need to, as a society recognize is that it's challenging to maintain that level of commitment for, you know, over, over decades. Um, and that maybe there's some unrealistic expectations that we have as a modern society attached to monogamy in particular, because, you know, a lot of the initial ideas around marriage were about sharing resources, making alliances, trading women, taxes, um, taxes tax base, property sharing, um, census, census, not about, it was a lot more related to you know, what are your foundational needs and are they being met? And if not, how do we get them met primarily for women requiring a male provider? We don't need that anymore. And so in a modern society, what's shifted, what's changed is we've now attached to that marital relationship, which used to be considerably more businesslike we've now attached that we need every other need <laughs> met by that same partner. We mm -hmm. want them to be our confidant, our best friend, our lover, 
our, uh, you know, partner in, in parenting, our partner in finances. And so <laughs> it's a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons for me anyway, that, you know, I've shifted away from that into, into a more poly or CNM approach to relationships, because I've found that over the course of, you know, years being married, that that commitment is very hard to maintain. Um, not only for me, but for my partner as well. <laughs> and so if it is difficult for you, then, you know, it, it's possible to redesign your relationship and maybe look at some alternatives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. I appreciate that, that perspective for sure. Um, you and I obviously share a similar perspective. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I won't say obviously, but you and I share a similar perspective in that for me, you know, I identify as more consensually non-monogamous, not more. I identify as consensually non-monogamous. Um, mm -hmm. And I have for the past 15 years off and on. Um, and, you know, since stepping into a conscious consensually non-monogamous relationship with you um it's been i mean it's been, even that even in that year and a half time frame that you and i have been consensually non-monogamous it's been or however long it's been i don't know if it's been a year and a half but whatever it has okay. um, <laughs> you're right it's been it's been a very very conscious shifting and changing and morphing and you know we start out one way and then we end up another way you know and it's it's that's the beauty of all of this and that's also the beauty i want to say that I think it's important to acknowledge that monogamy does work for some people. It absolutely oh, sure. does. Yeah, 100%. There is no way that we're, again, we go back to not making judgments for, about people's decisions or choices and stuff. Um, uh, and, and, and to that end, there are also a lot of, of challenges with consensual non-monogamy too that aren't present in monogamous, traditionally monogamous relationships. Um, I was having a friend, I was having a conversation with a friend recently about this. And I refer to it as, you know, consensual non-monogamy forces us to move the furniture around and take a look at all the dust underneath, right? Because we're constantly moving things around and we're constantly having to reevaluate our relationships and they, the way they look and our connections. Um, mm. So there's a lot of opportunity there for growth. There's a lot of opportunity to do a lot of internal personal development work. Um, and that's been my experience. Um, but again, I want to reiterate that monogamy, we don't consider monogamy or monoamorous relationships to be defective or bad or the no. wrong choice or anything else like that. It's whatever works for you. I do suggest that you get honest with yourself, get curious about why you're in the relationship that you're in and if mm -hmm. it aligns with you. And I guess that's part of the reason that this diagram that you've created really, really resonates with me. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this was because I want people to know that there are fucking options out there. But you're not stuck. Mm -hmm. You're not stuck as poly. You're not stuck as mono. Mm -hmm. You're not stuck as if you don't feel like you're polyamorous, which personally, I don't necessarily feel like I'm polyamorous all the time. Mm -hmm. Like it's dependent upon the person that I'm with and I'm engaged with. Right. Right. Yep. Absolutely. So it's dependent upon the relationship. And that's okay for me. You know, um, I never yeah. identified with monogamous. I, tr I tried to, and I was, frankly, I was, I was shit at it. I was horrible at it. I couldn't do it. Um, and, and, and I did it in a very unethical, um, non-consensual way for a very long time. 
And mm -hmm. I feel like once I came across these, this language and this understanding, this whole world just opened up to me. And I guess maybe my hope is, is that if you're in that, whether you're, whatever side of the spectrum you're on, whether it doesn't matter where you're at anywhere, if you're in there, just know that you have options and you have choices. Mm -hmm. You're not limited to whatever your programming has told you. You're not limited to the, the beliefs that you've developed or the values that you have. If you need to reinvestigate those, do some mm -hmm. research, find out, reach out to us. It's what we do, right? Absolutely. What we help people do is get a really good understanding of their values and why they, why they do what they do. Yep. Right. So. Well, and I just, I, I want to go back to what you said earlier about any one of these relationship structures can be um, consensual or non-consensual, right? We can have situations where marriage is forced and that is non-consensual and that is not okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we have situations where, you know, in uh, polygamous communities where, where there's kind of, you know, overarching structure and belief system in which that is the only option for you. And if you grow up in that, right, you don't know that there's other options. Mm -hmm. And so that's not really informed consent then. That's, I think, where a lot of people um, feel that some people who have been in the polygamous community have been kind of railroaded into it because they weren't given other options or the right. or the ability to choose right they weren't given all um, the information available right and part of that is the religious structure around it and believing that it's right and that it's god's will and so again it goes back to values for that person that might be how they live their best life because that's in alignment with their values and their beliefs mm -hmm. right um so it's it gets a little muddy in the in those kinds of communities about what is consensual consensual and what is not and so there's a lot of judgment around that i'm trying to step back from judgment about all things mm -hmm. right i want to recognize whether something's healthy or unhealthy uh whether it's it's someone's living in their integrity or not living in their integrity if they're living in an authentic life or not you know that's what i'm productive unproductive in. right exactly right yeah yep. yeah and same here i'm trying to remove judgment as well it's it's really fucking hard to do but, <laughs> but i'm trying to do right? it it's challenging it's hard yeah. to do but but i'm trying to even as you're talking about polygamy i'm like is there a situation where polygamy would be okay in my mind i my value set says no mm -hmm. right so that's a judgment in some level well, but then what if you found another partner, fell in love, wanted to share housing, finances, and children with them, wanted to have them move in, wanted a commitment with them that is equal to ours? Um, we can't legally do that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but people do have commitment ceremonies and things like that in order to recognize the importance of a union mm -hmm. that is, you know, in, in a poly, uh, for sure relationship. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Good point. Is that okay with you? Well, well yeah, I mean, it, okay. It, yeah. So there you I, go. Yeah, I, that's exactly. a version. 
right? It's a version of. Good point. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for bringing that to my attention and for the attention of the people that are listening or watching. You're absolutely yeah. right. That's very true. And I've heard stories of that in, in the consensually mm -hmm. non-monogamous community as well. So absolutely. Yeah, you're right. So that's, that's a version, right? And that's the only sure. version that we have available to us if we're not part of that um, uh, religion, right? For, that, for sure. That I just wonder that. though, um, I know we're probably going to want to wrap up here shortly, but I just wonder if we have done enough to distinguish between what polygamy and polyamory are. I okay, think let's just touch on that because that's an important I think, one. I think it's a really important distinction to make. Mm -hmm. Do you want to so, address it? I'll, I'll try. Feel jump in at any time. <laughs> okay, but, but, but I'm here but, for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but because I know it's important to me, and it's also important to a lot of people in the polyamorous community because mm -hmm. there is a there is a difference. So polygamy is the act of having of of being married to more than one person at the same time. Right. Is that right? Correct. And it can only happen in certain circumstances where that's allowed. Not necessarily true because you can have people out there and you do, we've heard the stories about men particularly, but it's happened with women, um, but where they are married to more than one person secretively. So it's not consensual. So it's non-consensual polygamy, but Good they're still point. a polygamist because they're married to, they have different identities. They have different you know, like, you know, the, lives, right? different yeah, yeah. lives, right? But that's, isn't that still polygamy? Absolutely. Right. Yep. Okay. So, so that's, so that's kind of the, the polygamy set, set, section. And then there's the polyamory, which is also about commitment, also about mm -hmm. love. It's also about all of those other things, but it doesn't have the same, what would you call it? Legality to it? Was that? Right? I would say that those relationships are probably not formally recognized, although by somebody whom? can be married, right? Somebody can by be married. Recognized by who though? Sorry. Legally. Legally. Okay. So the difference is between actual multiple marriages and polyamory, where you're not really able to have multiple marriages because you're not in a in a religion that allows that or you're not um prepared to to be married non-consensually right mm -hmm. and also correct me if i'm wrong but polygamy is typically one man with multiple wives no it can be any anyone no. with multiple spouses okay it's a polygamist right. okay yeah and it has happened accidentally to people too, where they've not gotten a proper divorce in one state and then gone to another and gotten married and then they're a polygamist and they're in trouble. Uh, yeah. yeah, oops. Um, so it is very, it's, you know, it's the technical term of, of multiple marriages. Now you're making me think I got to go back here and make sure I got all my divorce certificates. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both married three times. So, right. you know, four the times. chances. We've been married four times. Right, sorry. Divorce three divorced we three. and so you know yeah we can only hope that we did it right right exactly anyway um yeah so i i think and again please if there's anybody out there that practices polygamy if there's anybody out there that that practices polyamory and they want to get involved in the conversations feel free to like we would love to sure. hear from you yeah. let us know how you see the distinctions if you don't feel that 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 our explanation um our half-assed shitty explanation is, <laughs> is in alignment with you then please feel free to let us know we're we're open to that dialogue at any time we're just doing our best <laughs> <laughs> exactly we're just doing our best and trying to spread the word and educate mm -hmm. as much as we can based upon our experiences 
um, our perceptions and our biases. And we recognize that fully. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I know that there's, uh, you know, a lot of people in these communities that feel very strongly about their beliefs and their values and how they um, have functioned in their relationships. And I say, if everybody is living in their integrity and it's healthy, more power to you, mm -hmm. right? That's all we really want from our relationships is, is healthy, happy relationships where everybody is on the same page and is consenting. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a wonderful discussion and I really appreciate uh, all your insights there, honey. Same, right back to you. I love that you've put this together. I love that you've created this bubble diagram as I refer to it. I think it's beautiful. Please folks, um, we're gonna make it available. So, you know, um, we'll get it out to you. Send either myself or Leanne an email and ask us for it and we'll be happy to send you a copy of it. No problem. Um, yep. Yeah, so you can, get, you can reach us through our website. All that information is available in, in the pre and the post. So, you know, reach out to us and let us know if you want a copy of it for sure. And remember, choose love and keep it kind. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, or topic suggestions. And remember to subscribe. And you're invited to join our Facebook group, Empowered Now Relationship Support and Advice for All. You can reach out to us on our websites at gregmillion.com and leannemillion.com or follow us on Instagram at gregmillion.lifecoach and at Leanne Million. All right. Do you need to warm up? <laughs> you're an idiot. I'm good. No, I love you. You're not an idiot. You're you're fantastic. What is happening with my chair? It's probably the rug that you just bought. It's the rug. The rug is in my way. I can't. I, can't, I don't have rolling freedom here. Oh no. You have such good lighting. I'm, you want to share economy. I have light. Lights That's because it's. I got the natural light coming in through the window. I know, and I'm in the fucking corner. Mm -hmm. In the fucking corner. You look pretty. <clears throat> I might be referring to my notes here. Is that okay? Looking down occasionally. Yes. Refer to your notes. Okay. It's. <laughs> you didn't do your homework. You don't have this shit memorized. Come on. <laughs> do you? No. No, I have I have it literally stapled to a curtain above the computer. <laughs> Perfect. I'm a professional. Yeah, you are. Okay, okay I'm ready. <laughs> All right. When you are. All right. All right. Here we go. You're, are you you're introing? Uh, uh, yeah. Or do you okay. want to? I can. I, I don't say welcome, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't say thanks for being here. Right. Just say welcome. Yeah, to episode okay. eight, Welcome relationship episode structures. Eight. Okay, I, I'll do it. Yeah? Yep. You're going to do it? I'll do it. All right, can't wait. That'll be fun for you. <laughs> yeah. What episode is it? Eight. And what's it called? Relationship structures. <laughs> okay, just checking. Got it. I love you. Okay, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one.